We're in a situation where we have put together, and you guys did, did it for our administration, the President Obama's administration before this. We have put together, I think, the most extensive and inclusive voter fraud organization in the history of American politics. I don't care if you think I'm Satan reincarnated. The latest on an alleged plan to assassinate Donald Trump. This man grabbed by police at a packed rally in Las Vegas, and ABC's Pierre Thomas has new details in Washington. Weighing up the mood of conservative America in a gun show in West Virginia. Among the rifle racks and ammunition, there's anger and dark talk of looming conflict. We are witnessing a radicalization of libertarians all across the country. Dear viewers, we have just received word that Libertarian Death Squad are taking over. We have come to take our country back. He also worries that civil war could be on the way back. Her son, 19-year-old Horace Lorenzo Anderson, was shot and killed inside the then cop-free zone that persisted for weeks on Capitol Hill. Afghanistan now inevitable? No, it is not. It's taken just four weeks for that statement to be proved so um, spectacularly and alarmingly wrong. Reality, thousands of miles away, is now on him. China is urging its not to travel abroad as it struggles to contain the virus. We will be standing up Christmas Island as a quarantine. Joe Brandon, I agree. Hey, by the way, China are you an now banned from entering the country. Christmas Island today declared that the coronavirus Name three things that don't hang themselves. That's what the American people think. Top of the afternoon and welcome to Inside Four Walls. I am, as always, your host, James Madison. Now, we have a weird story of vengeance here. The Taliban has done more to avenge and honor the fallen 13 troops than the President of the United States himself, who, lest you never forget, Joe Biden was preoccupied checking his fucking watch while the casket of 13 troops he got killed were unloaded on American soil from a freight carrier. Joe Biden didn't care. Meanwhile, the Taliban's out here like, Louise will never forget. <laughs> Habibi, we got you. <laughs> Agent Salah. So you know what? I will give this to them. I never thought I'd come out and say this, but you know what? Fucking mad respect to the Taliban. <laughs> what a weird fucking timeline. Taliban kills ISIS mastermind behind deadly cabal airport bombing reports. My fucking goody gracious. By Victoria Nava, April 25th, 2023. Updated recently. A Taliban-led operation was taken, has taken out the ISIS terrorist responsible for killing 13 American service members during the U.S. withdrawal from Afghanistan, according to the U.S. Pentagon. I don't think there's any other Pentagon. My apologies. Moving on. 
the deadly suicide bombing, which also killed upwards of 170 Afghan civilians, took place outside Abbey Gate of Hamid Karzai International Airport. On August 26, 2021, a Pentagon spokesperson confirmed in a Tuesday night statement that the ISIS-K operative who directed the attack was killed by the Taliban in early April. We're just not finding out about it, huh? U.S. officials denied or uh, declined to name the terrorist, and it was unclear whether the operative was being specifically targeted by the Taliban or was incidentally killed in one of the frequent clashes between the Taliban and ISIS. What I can tell you is right now, they took a... So, you know, as much as I, I make I make fun of every religion, every faith, I'm Lutheran, I mock Lutherans and their progressive fucking rainbow-haired gay pride-loving bullshit all the fucking time. I'm a traditional Lutheran. Yuck, 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 yuck. Now, as you can see, I make fun of all sides. I will say this. Uh... Something Allah says is that the sun sets in a puddle of mud every day. Yuck, 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 yuck. Now, another thing, though, with Muslims is if they take an oath or they promise something, that promise becomes part of their honor. And to them, honor is everything. And the Taliban promised Joe Biden that all U.S. troops would be safe and would be granted, would be granted safe passage as long as they were leaving. I shit you not. Now, the fall of Afghanistan was something we documented. In fact, for a while, every day, we did three to four uploads on what was going on over there for about an hour each episode. Uh, to about, like I said, this being one of those episodes, Americans killed in Afghanistan while the president hides his face in shame. American generals hire Taliban to provide security to Taliban Air Base. They are trying to get troops out of Tal- uh, out, uh, out of and Taliban welds gates shut. Uh, something wasn't transitioned properly. There's a typo there somewhere, but you know what? Oh, well, so be it. Moving on. We were paying the Taliban to keep out tons of, like, ah, it's a complicated fucking situation. So there was a faction of Taliban terrorists who were willing to be paid by people like Mark Milley to ensure the safety and protection of the U.S. troops as long as they were leaving Kabul. Now, ISIS was actually the problem here. The Taliban, once they took over, they were like, leave or die. You agree to leave? Fine, we will help you leave, but fuck off. ISIS was like, we're going to kill every single one of you, and no one's allowed to leave. And the ver- and the part of the Taliban that was like, you know, oh, we're going to, you know, we're, we're going to, ow. You know, we're, we're going to stop, uh, we're, we're going to stop people from killing the U.S. troops was the guy who was the head of this particular part like branch of the taliban the guy who's in the thumbnail right now actually he's the head of this operation he's been the head of the rebellion that took over that led to the fall of cabal about two years ago now in 2021 2021 was two years ago oh that's sinking and when these troops died it impugned the honor (laughs) i say this with a big fucking grin on my face in a weird way it besmirched the honor of the Taliban who gave their word that these troops would be okay and that ISIS wouldn't get the chance to harm them. ISIS killed 13 troops. And the Taliban is like, alright, well now that's a stain on our reputation so we have to take action and put an end to this. I'll leave a link to all of the uh, Afghanistan footage. And I say that 
because I'm willing to bet that this was a targeted operation because they went after the dude who specifically masterminded the attack. Not the head of this ISIS branch, just the guy who masterminded this specific terrorist attack. So they probably, I'm saying it was definitely a, a, a mission the Taliban had to find this guy and take him out. Biden administration uh, officials offered no other details about the terrorist purported death and said they were not notified of the operation by the Taliban, but rather learned it through U.S. intelligence streams, Fox News reported. R.I.P. Fox News, rest in piss bozos. The New York Times reports the administration officials on Monday began calling uh, relatives of U.S. troops who died in the bombing to inform them the bomb plotter has been killed by Taliban forces. Oh, fuck yes. You want to know why I say that? Because that means the federal government had to say, Hi, ma'am. Yeah, so your son or your daughter or your husband or your wife who was killed on the suicide bomb at Abbey Gate. Well, good news, good news. Oh, you'll never forgive us and we're horrible pieces of shit and the military-industrial complex is the enemy of the American people. Right, right. Well, I'll, I'll make it known and pass that on to Mark Milley. Um, anyway, yeah, so the guy who plotted that uh, terrorist attack has been killed. Hmm? What's that? Oh, no, 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 no. Uh, actually, the U.S. military had no knowledge of it and had nothing to do with it. Oh, oh, who killed them, you ask? Oh, well, you'll be pleased to know that it was actually the Taliban who took out the person who was responsible for the death of your kids. Not the people who run the government that he was, he, she, they, or them was fighting for, actually. Hello? Oh, they hung up. I heard a loud, are you fucking kidding me? And they hung up. Weird how that works. I imagine that's how the phone calls kind of went, something along those fucking lines. Because I would be pissed. If I found out that, oh, who fucking avenged my kid? Oh, the fucking terrorist killed the terrorist club, killed the other member of the terrorist club? Not you? Not the person who swore to protect my kid while my kid defended this country? Not you. The government who's solely responsible for everything that happened in Kabul. Because we could have had a peaceful withdrawal. So the whole context behind that, right, is Donald Trump had negotiated a May withdrawal. And the Taliban agreed. The Taliban wasn't attacking American soldiers. In fact, they were providing intel and aid to the American troops while they were there. On the knowledge in the grounds that they would be out in May. The Taliban even had an extended 30-day grace period to allow for full evacuation of uh, residents like Christian uh, Arabs or whatever the fuck families and people who provided aid to the Americans while they were there to leave. Then Joe Biden announces, I'm going to withdraw on September 11th, 2021, man. It'll be a 20-year anniversary withdrawal, man. And the Taliban said, I'm sorry, what? You are reneging on our contract? All right, fine, take over. And as soon as Joe Biden found out that the Taliban was getting geared up to take over because Joe Biden broke the contract, also threw the Abraham Accords into the fucking dumpster with this one because every terrorist cell in the Middle East got riled up because of this, by the way. So those Abraham Accords effectively were murdered uh, inadvertently or fucking on purpose, I guess, by Joe Biden's action with Kabul. So enjoyed that fucking ditty. Now, and that's what sucks too because the Abraham Accords were what actually secured my vote for Trump in 2020. Oh, well, so much so long for that one. Close to peace in the Middle East. <sighs> anyway, 
So the Taliban takes over, and Joe Biden tells the U.S. troops to evacuate Bagram Air uh, airspace and just leave all the equipment. So now, and if you want to go on my Rumble, uh, Rumble has tons of footage. I, I, everything I could get revolving around what was going on, I have uploaded on my Rumble page. So I have probably about four hours worth of Taliban footage as a whole up on my Rumble. There's individual clips that range from like 30 seconds to 10 minutes long, stuff like that. But I just could not imagine the, the, the rage I would feel knowing that the terrorist who brought down the World Trade Centers, well, uh, an offshoot of them, is responsible for avenging the death of my U.S. service member child the insultingness of it the new york times reports that the administration officials on monday began calling moving on but family members indicated that they were frustrated with the lack of responsibility the biden administration officials were taking for the deadly attack and the limited information they were willing to provide oh yeah quote they couldn't give me his name they couldn't tell me the details of the operation. Darren Hoover, the father of slain Marine Corps Staff Sergeant Taylor Hoover, told the outlet, quote, I want the administration to take some accountability for uh, accountability and responsibility for this. Hoover said, quote, say we screw up. It's not going to happen again. It can't happen again. He gave his life for this. This is what he wanted to do. And this is what happened. And now, we're all being treated like garbage. Absolutely. Former President Donald Trump, Biden's possible 2024 re-election opponent. Possible? <laughs> Come on. That's the only person who's going to secure that nominee nomination. Now, knock on wood, maybe something changes. Who knows? But <laughs> I, don't, I think everyone else who's running against Trump for the GOP nomination are just running to get jobs in his administration. Regardless of how you feel about that, there's a couple people I'm actually counting down for, like Vivek Ramaswamy. Give that motherfucker a job tomorrow. Anyway, moving on. Former President Trump, Biden's possible 2024 re-election opponent, has lambasted the administration in recent days for its chaotic withdrawal from Afghanistan, calling it, quote, perhaps the most embarrassing event in the history of our country. On Monday, Biden has totally humiliated our nation on a world stage, starting with the Afghanistan disaster. Trump stated, Trump said in a statement, Rep. Michael McCall, a Republican from Texas chairman of the House Foreign Affairs Committee, celebrated the killing of the unnamed ISIS leader on Tuesday. But see, the unnamed thing makes me kind of dubious, but I imagine we'll get more information as, as time goes on later on Tuesday, but noted that it doesn't absolve Biden of the failures that led to the suicide bombing. Yeah, you're right. These people, these men and women are dead. And uh, by the way, check this out. Remember, over a hundred, about a hundred and fifty billion dollars have been sent to Ukraine, right? We can aid them to the point where we are starting to say, hey, we're running out of ammunition here. But as of February 3rd, 2022, a new, re uh, a new report released by the Senate Foreign Relations Committee found that as many as 9,000 Americans were left in Afghanistan during the Biden administration's disastrous withdrawal. You can't bring these people back. They're dead. They're gone. The troops who are there, the Americans who are also there, they're fucked. Maybe some of them are alive. Maybe some of them surrendered and joined ISIS. Some of them joined the Taliban. Who fucking knows? And it's not going to be hard. They're going to be like, look, America abandoned you, homie. And never forget, people like Ross Perot Jr., 
Glenn Beck, um, and a bunch of other, I'm blinking on some names right now, and a bunch of other independent Americans took it upon themselves to fly planes into the fucking desert to evacuate Americans and Muslims and Christians who were left behind. Glenn Beck was threatened that if he landed, he would be arrested. He was told he had to land in Madagascar. But Ukraine, right? This is absolutely fucking pathetic. America should have avenged these troops. And you know what's even more practical? Or even more blatant? There should never have been 13 dead troops in Afghanistan because Joe Biden should have acted like a president. I know, I know, oh, fucking joke, haha. But no, still, really. Joe Biden wanted to go down with his big 20th anniversary, end of the Afghanistan, whatever the fuck. So he fucked, and for all the hubris you want to say Donald Trump had, Trump could have made a, a 20th anniversary withdrawal negotiation, but he chose a closer, more effective date to get the fuck out. Biden fucked that up. Biden ruined that. Because of Biden, there are 13 dead American troops, and that's just from that day. It's been since 2021. It is now 2023, and we're almost halfway through this year. We're coming up on halfway through. We're almost into the fifth month. So, <clears throat> how many troops do you think have been killed? How many Americans do you think have been killed? How many American women do you think have been left behind who have been victimized, raped, assaulted, made examples of? How many? Hmm? I mean, we got footage of gay U.S. troops being thrown off of rooftops. We don't know they're actually gay, but the Taliban says they were. Don't know how they tested that. You like my uh, kosher beef wrap, Bubby B? Moving on. Yeah, failures. Disastrous failures. Quote, if these reports are true, any time a terrorist is taken off the board is a good day. McCall, who is leading one of Congress's investigations into the Afghanistan withdrawal, told the New York Times, quote, But this doesn't diminish the Biden administration's culpability for the failures that led to the attack at Abbey Gate and will in no way deter the committee's investigation. McCall added, It has previously been reported that the suicide bomber who carried out the attack has been a prisoner released from Bagram Air Base after the U.S. abandoned the facility and allowed the Taliban to take control of it. Trump claims that under his withdrawal plan, the U.S. would have maintained control of Bagram, Afghanistan's largest airfield, in order to keep a lookout in China, or to keep China in check. Yeah, no, that's absolutely factually true. That was part of the agreed terms. Let's look at the comments. Don A, the damage is done. The bodies are gone. Yeah. No, yeah, actually. The loved ones continue to suffer. The entire withdrawal was a sham, and this tragic loss of life could have been prevented. Chili Polymer. Speaking of sham, this story doesn't pass the smell test. Just when Joe announces his Taliban friends just happened to take out the mastermind, that's what I was saying, of the bombing. They think that, uh, they think they, I'm having a stroke here. They think that will quiet the families of the fallen soldiers killed by the administration's incompetence. Hope they continue to demand answers. Bye, uh, bye, bye, Blue State. 
and on the day Biden announced his re-election plan. What a happy coincidence, yeah. Sort of like how uh, Joe Biden said, oh, we took out the heads of the Taliban. We took them out. We, we, we blew up the van. And then it turned out, no, Joe, you didn't kill a Taliban member. You killed an aid worker. You killed an American aid worker. Joe Biden himself came out and made a big fucking speech. And then uh, <clears throat> his uh, press secretary at the time, who was Jean, uh, not Jean Perrault, was uh, Jen Psaki, came on and said, we took out the head of ISIS. We took out the man who was organizing these violent raids during the collapse of Cabal. We, we, we did it, folks. It's great. And they told us to our faces for three months. No, 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 that's who we took out, even though this story broke a day after the fucking drone strike. He killed seven children. Ten people as a whole, seven children, two adults. One of them was a U.S. aid worker, an American citizen with dual citizenship, mind you. Wasn't born in the U.S., but he was still a member of this nation who was providing aid and medical treatment to both wounded troops and wounded cabal citizens. Joe Biden had him blown up and then proceeded to gaslight us. CNN still has never recanted this fucking story, by the, by, by the way. CNN still says, oh, we killed the head of ISIS. Isn't it fucking great? They've never corrected that story. Neither has NPR, PBS, or MSNBC. An American was fucking murdered. And where is the rest of the world to talk about it? Fucking MIA. I forgot all about this till now. I covered all of this shit as it unfolded in real time. Jean Piero slams liar-in-chief Joe Biden over cabal strike. We'll read just part of this fucking article, by the way. Heads must roll. Kalada Rahman. 9-19-2021, September 19th, 2021. This shit was unfolding at this moment in real time. Fox News host Jean Piero branded President Joe Biden the liar-in-chief over an errant drone strike in Afghanistan that killed 10 civilians. U.S. initially claimed the August 29th drone strike had targeted a militant affiliated with ISIS-K. No, they said they took out the head of ISIS correction and eliminated an imminent threat to soldiers posted at Kabul's airport in the aftermath of a devastating suicide bombing by the terror group that killed 169 Afghans and 13 U.S. service members. However, reports revealed the strike actually killed 10 civilians, including seven children. Barack Obama really left an impression on Joe Biden. Something about blowing up brown kids really seems Fucking gets, gets these guys as fucking rocks off, doesn't it? God damn. Gotta love it, right? We gotta, gotta bomb all the brown kids, right, Joe? But black lives fucking matter, right? Minority lives over white lives, right, Joe? But bomb all the fucking kids in the world, right? Fuck them. They're not here, right? The American left isn't gonna fucking grill you on that, right, Joe? You blow up a little black kid in some fucking dirt-kicking Middle Eastern nation. No one cares, Joe. Your approval ratings won't take a hit from anyone who already doesn't like you. The left will be like, well, it's not a black guy. 
who's assaulting a cop or has a rape charge or has numerous felonies on his belt or is wanted. So I don't feel like I need to care about that fucking person of color. But there's this fucking obese black queen here who needs my fucking words of aff- uh, affirmation. Go fuck yourself. I hate this shit. However, revealed that it actually killed 10 civilians, including seven children. The New York Times identified the driver of the vehicle targeted in the strike as 43-year-old Zamari Ahmadi, a longtime employee of the U.S. Air U.S. Aid Group. The bot strike prompted criticism from both Democrats and Republicans. <laughs> the Democrats barely fucking mummed. It was AOC who was the only one who said anything. On Saturday, Piero began the show, Justice with Judge Janine, by condemning the lying fools in the Biden administration over the strike as well as the withdrawal from Afghanistan following the Taliban's takeover. Quote, Today, the United States of America stands guilty of killing 10 civilians, including an Afghan worker for a U.S. aid group carrying water. Okay. I remember reading that he had dual citizenship and he was technically an American citizen. I'll take an L on that one. I'll retract that statement. I'll have to do some more research. Admittedly, it's been about going on three years since I've looked into this. A little over two years, actually, since I've looked into this. So give me some leeway here on that one. So if I got that part wrong, I got that part wrong. I completely own it. It's a shame, though. It doesn't change how wrong everything that happened was. Carrying water, who wanted to become an American citizen, along... Okay, that's what it was. He was seeking citizenship here. Got it. Along with seven innocent children, she said in the opening monologue. Quote, as if this fact is not tragic enough, the Biden administration lied to us and the world, claiming that by killing these so-called ISIS terrorists with their drone, they were preventing future attacks. That was a lie. The ramifications of their actions and the following cover-up that they uh, <clears throat> perpetuated in lockstep will forever leave a stain on America. Piero said Biden, his general secretary of defense Lloyd Austin, and secretary of state Anthony Blinken are a real are the real threat to America. Absolutely. Absolutely. There is no good way for this to go. You know what I mean? And I wish more people right now on the right would talk about this more often. I feel like this story has kind of vanished. But now, you know, perhaps with more information coming out, the right will talk about it a little bit more. The right should never have held up on talking about this. This should not have been allowed to vanish from the spotlight. This should have been consistently brought up and grilled. And you know what? Other than jokes here and periodically about it or references to it if it came up in stories, I really didn't report on much of this either because it hasn't been new developments, but I should do what I can to keep these kinds of stories in the spotlight my little spotlight in the little corner of the internet that me and you share. This is a moment for sad celebration. If it's true. The whole reason I brought up the drone strike thing here is because they wouldn't tell us any details about it. They wouldn't give us names or details or anything. They just said, oh, we took out, you know, this uh, ISIS member, this fucking terrorist group over here. They're taken out. And then on the ground people, credit to the AP, because I don't fucking like the AP, but the AP also reported this that day, that it was a U.S. aid worker, that it was seven children and an adult that had nothing to do with the conflict and were actively seeking shelter. 
So maybe they didn't kill this guy. Maybe they did. Who knows? Uh, I think it's a big distraction. Even if he does is dead, it doesn't undo the damages, and it doesn't change what's going on in Afghanistan right now. So, uh, I mean, again, if, if there's actually, like, a dead terrorist out there, Mazel Tov. It's a good day, but I need to see some more proof, personally. That being said, I'm going to wrap it up here. Oh, you know what? One more thing to keep on your mind. Let's just go through some of the headlines we covered back in the day when this was going on. Exclusive. Some Afghan evacuees leaving military base in leaving bases in U.S. before resettlement. Unvetted. Unbackground. They have no background checks. No one looked into who these people were, why they were here, what their criminal background was, if they were wanted, and tons of actual active terrorists who were known to be plotting crimes against American citizens were brought here. Multiple groups of these men have been arrested for raping and murdering women in the U.S. They have, there's been multiple stories of these men beating their, beating their wives and daughters to death. There have been reports of public stoning because these people were just shoved onto a plane and brought here. Inspector General says DH allowed unvetted dangerous Afghans to reach the U.S. Tens of thousands entered the U.S. unvetted after Cabal aircraft, officials say in memo. Afghan evacuee charged... ...while the southern border, as we know, is overrun by migrants. Pause. Montana, uh, rape in Montana, governor says demanding resettlement halt. It's not the only place in America seeing an influx of refugees. The welcome mat is officially now being laid out for migrants coming from Afghanistan. According to the Department of Homeland Security, today, a flight carrying 75 unaccompanied Afghan children landed in the glamorous city of Chicago. This number is in addition to the 860 Afghan refugees that the state of Illinois is already planning on welcoming in the coming weeks with 550 of those being children. And to be clear, the vast majority of this group does not include the brave interpreters who went through the special immigrant visa process and were vetted after fighting alongside American troops against the Taliban. These are at-risk kids, many without parents or sponsors, waiting for them in the Windy City, meaning they will be wards of the government which can't even take care of the- Which will be your tax dollars. Kids already living in Chicago, a city that has already seen at least 261 kids shot alone this year. Not to mention a city where 80% of eighth graders don't read at grade level, taking in kids from a country with a 38% literacy rate. And trust me, that number is generous. So Chicago can't even take care of its own kids and we expect Chicago to take care of parentless Afghan children. What in the world could go wrong? Joining me now is Victor Davis Hanson. He's the author of the upcoming book, The Death Yo, hey, as a Hillsdale uh, online student, alumni, whatever the fuck, love this guy. Victor David Hanson is a fucking top G. I'm citizen, and I do very much look forward to reading it. Everything you say, Victor, is thoughtful. In this particular case, we welcome Afghans who fought alongside us. We also know that the vast majority that came are, are coming or headed to our country weren't in that category per se. They were at risk. Now you've got kids going to Chicago. Do we have a system set up to absorb them properly? No, I don't think so. I think children in Chicago who are U.S. citizens will fare worse 
than even refugees. We're kind of like the 19th century British Empire that had a fort or a base all over the world, but Charles Dickens was writing at home about poverty and crime at the heart of it all in London. That's what's happened. We've hollowed out our cities, and yet we think we can spread all of our culture, where, uh, fly pride flags and have George murals, uh, George Floyd murals on the streets of Kabul, but we're hollowed out at home. I think it's kind of a war on citizenship because the, the soldiers who are asked to accompany the refugees, even if they've had antibodies and a prior case of COVID, they're going to have to get vaccinated. But people coming in from Afghanistan or the two million at the border, even if this. they haven't had COVID, they won't ask to be vaccinated. And you and I, uh, we can't pick and choose which laws we follow. People come across the border, the first thing they do is break the law. The second thing they do is break the law by residing here. Probably the third will be some type of ID. We just can't say, I'm not going to pay, I'm not going to follow an IRS law. I don't like this federal gun registration law, so I'm going to avoid it. And Dan Dongino mentioned the fact that when I come in the United States, I'm paranoid about making sure I have my passport. I'm a citizen. Non-citizens don't worry about that, apparently. It's part of a larger project. I think the Democratic and left-wing agenda, movement project, whatever we call it, is unhappy with the present electorate. We have about 50 million people that were not born in the United States that are now residing here legally and illegally. And they think we've got to change the demography because we don't get 51 support percent support for our agenda. And that's sort of the organic argument that flipped California, Nevada, Colorado, maybe Arizona, New Mexico, maybe someday Georgia. And then the elites say, well, we've got to change the electorate, but we've also got to get a, uh, get rid of the nine-person Supreme Court, the Electoral College, the filibuster, get a national voting law, get two more states. But it's part of a larger effort that says under the existing system and rules and under the existing electorate and demography, we can't get what we want. So we're going to change both at the opposite ends. And that's what they're doing. Victor, real quick, we only have about 45 seconds, but do they believe that these kids will succeed when they get here? Or do they know the system will fail them? And as you pointed out, they're just not that concerned about it. No, I think they think so. I wouldn't be surprised if the social workers focus on them in a greater fashion than they do the uh, underclass of Chicago. We have this strange, I don't know what it is, it's some kind of weird cultural tick that if you're not a citizen and you're coming into the country, uh, even without legality or maybe not through the, the legal lengthy process, we're going to do all we can for you in a way that we've kind of abandoned our own. I don't know how else to explain it, because yeah. if you're a young African-American child uh, growing up in Chicago, I think we're going to give you your parents some money or subsidies, but we're really out of, out of sight, out of mind. We don't really care about you. That's a terrible thing to say, but I think that's our attitude. But we prefer people from another country than we do our own citizens. Such a good that's, point. That's kind of a commentary where we are. It's, it, it's, the, it's the exact opposite of America first. It's precisely what it is when you don't believe in yourself. You look yeah. somewhere else. Victor citizenship last. Citizenship last. Yeah. Look forward to the book as well. Thank you so much for the time. All right. That being said, We'll keep you updated on any information that comes out about the story. Uh, if you want to know more about the various criminals and violent assaults that have happened since we brought these unvetted, you know, essentially Muslim extremists here. And by the way, I want to throw something out here for reference. If you look at this, there was plenty of people who are Muslim that were willing to help the U.S. service members, men and women and Christians who are over there to both get in and out. And those Muslims will be murdered by the same Muslim extremists, the same ones we brought here. And remember, we left. We left tons of Muslims who are offering help to the U.S. troops, protection and refuge from us. We left them there to be killed. But we brought violent terrorists and those very extremists who will kill those Muslims here. I'll also leave links to various episodes I did about this as it unfolded in the description below as well as well as all of the other resources used in this episode. That being said, I've been your streams Madison. This has been Inside Four Walls, and I shall catch you guys later. So I never thought I would be 
uh, a guy that would be negotiating with prime ministers and talking to uh, people about what is the cost of human life. I mean, literally, what is the cost of this human life? Um, you wouldn't have foreseen that when we were playing Britney Spears records. No, I didn't really? see it. Huh. I didn't see it. That's I, weird because I thought this was inevitable. Yeah, did you? Back then. Yeah, yeah, a lot of people yeah. saw this one coming. <laughs> um, and it has been. Um, I talked to somebody else who is involved in this, um, you know, in her own way, um, Emily Miller. Uh, I talked to her this weekend, and, and she's having a difficult time because she's seeing all of the. She gets all of these, you know, emails and passports and everything. Can you help get me out? And uh, and she, we had a long conversation about how people like us are not equipped to to see the names and the stories of thousands of people and know they may not get out. And and we're like, no, just get them out. How do we get them out? And once you get into it. It's extraordinarily difficult, especially when the most powerful nation on earth is blocking you every step of the way. And this this State Department has blocked us. Now, it's my understanding that uh, the State Department helped at the last minute on uh, one of these planes. I got to be really careful. Um, but... I'm talking historically, they have blocked us every single step of the way. Uzbekistan, as I just told you a minute ago, we had that ready to go. And we had, I believe it would have been clearly, you know what we had planned. I think that would be clearly by far the largest private airlift in human history. Um, It was astounding and it was ready it was literally within three hours to go and the ambassador from um the united states to uh, uzbekistan said you can't let that happen you can't let these planes land and so they called it off giving no reason for that nope 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 uh no reason uh and it's really difficult to find countries to even let a plane land if you don't have the State Department's approval. Because the State Department has to say, in so many words, but this happens all the time. This is a regular thing that happens. Um, every military plane, everything needs this kind of permission. And uh, it just basically says, we vouch for the people running this plane and that it's not human trafficking and it's, it's good. Well, they wouldn't give us any of those clearances. And when they would give us clearances, we would get them and they'd be expired. So your plane can take off at 8 o'clock. We would get it at 9 p.m. And we'd be, well, what do you, it's expired. Oh, crap. Did we get that too late? Oh, shoot. That's the, that's the, that's the good, happy parts of working with the, State Department. The others are just clear blocks. So <clears throat> we had this all planned, and then they blocked us. And now, how do we get them out? So we had another plan, um, and we were blocked on that. So we wrote to the ambassador of Pakistan. I never expected to get a letter back. 
from, I mean, when I was told, Glenn, um, you, you really, you're the guy who should write this. I'm like, okay, I don't know really much about Pakistan. I don't know <laughs> anything. I'm probably not the guy to be doing this. Uh, yeah, no, he'll take a letter from you. Does he know I'm kind of a clown and really don't <laughs> have, he'll take it from you. So I wrote the letter that I just posted a few minutes ago. And in a few minutes, I will post the letter uh, I got back. And uh, he pledged his support. And everybody was celebrating. I was like, well, okay. I mean, right? Everything's good, right? Right? I'm, I'm just, I'm, I don't fit in the room, honestly, with all these people. Mm-hmm. And, um, and uh, they said, well, let's see what he can do. So the last two weeks, he has been moving mountains. And I think to personal risk to himself, and I've done some homework on this guy, he is the number two cricket player in the world. He was educated Mm -hmm. in Cambridge um, and saw what his country was doing and saw that his country was a military-run country and said it really shouldn't be run by the military. And he's trying to balance things out and trying to change uh, Pakistan. At least that's my understanding. And if you have a different understanding, don't tell me, okay? Uh, anyway, so that is, uh, that's my understanding of, of who he is. And, but he has to balance because some of the people are deeply in bed, not just with the old Taliban, the new Taliban. And the new Taliban is with ISIS and bad. And, and so there's all kinds of influences. And, you know, that country is really important that it doesn't fall into the wrong hands because they have nukes. And I do believe that he understands that. And I do believe that he's trying. Um, we're not going to agree on everything um, by any stretch. But all I want to say about him is thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for what you've done. If it wasn't for the Pakistani prime minister, none of these planes would be taking off today. None of them. Uh, They're even letting us use their airspace. Um, We were kind of going to cut some corners, and then the State Department uh, strangely told Iran about it. Uh, And so Mm. we couldn't do, we couldn't cut any corners or do anything. Uh, and we actually had to then figure out, once he got permission, we had to figure out where can we land this plane. So we reached out to our friends in Georgia, and Georgia is a great country that they get the whole communism and everything else. And they said, we'll take the planes. So we had to fly him to uh, Georgia, and you can't fly. Cam Air is the official airline from Afghanistan. It can't land in Western countries. Um, And so you can't get permission to land that plane in Western countries. So we had to go someplace. So we had to get them on the ground in the middle of the night in Georgia. Then we asked the government of of, uh, Ukraine, can you help us get Ukrainian airlines to to loan us a plane and pick these guys up? So the Ukrainians were involved getting a second plane, which then took this one group to Portugal, where Portugal had been prepared by the FIFA people, the soccer people. 
because the girls we don't have it's I, I, it's sketchy right now I am not sure exactly how many girls uh, I mean I have the name I have the the uh, manifest but it's 32 of the uh, FIFA female athletes and their families uh, and we're not sure if everyone got out at this point uh, I was told they did but then I was told this morning maybe not I, I, I'm not sure um, but that's how we got them that's how we got them out and I want you to read my letter I just posted it on Instagram and Twitter I want you to read that because you'll understand there's much 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 more to this story this is one plane that we are talking about that got out this weekend. What if you told the State Department you're only evacuating Guatemalans <laughs> from Afghanistan? They would let us fly they right directly into fly the United States. In, right here. Right straight here. here. Yeah, if I had Haitians, yes. I could fly them into <laughs> Oklahoma. Yes. Okay? <laughs> yes. I mean, I found it so ironic that the State Department and the United States government and this White House have blocked us for weeks to get not only these girls out, but also Americans. And there's some news coming on Americans, um, but uh, they've blocked us over and over again. And then while I'm on the phone with this, I look up at the TV and I see these giant gray tails picking up people on our border. What? And they're flying yeah. them where? What? I mean, I can't believe it. They're, I, they're taking off every 30 minutes Mm. For the next seventy-two hours. Wow, that's is my wow. That sounds like a yeah. That sounds familiar. <laughs> yeah. Is it really yeah. every thirty minutes? Yes. Th there's some for seventy-two hours. Yes. Wow. I wonder where they got that plan. Yeah. I would. I'd oh like to know as well. Oh my gosh. There's some question as to <sighs> Haiti trying to block <sighs> some of the flights, which is really yeah. Incredible. Well, we don't want them back. <laughs> like yeah. Uh, okay. We're kind of. I don't know if anyone's been following the news. We've had some of our issues of our own recently, and don't necessarily uh, need. An additional uh, 15,000 15, Haitians right who have not been moment. checked or we don't know the health status or yeah. whatever else is going on. We to... know we're currently blocking our prime minister from leaving the country because we think he might have killed the last one. <laughs> yeah. uh, so but that's not right a problem, is it? No. Maybe not our best time for new visitors, you know? I don't think these people are. Do you, do you uh, think that they fly to Mexico, or are these people that have already fled their country and were living? Yeah, they believe it's a mix. They, they believe, you know, they're like, oh, well, many of them may be Haitians uh, that had previously settled in Venezuela. I'm like, oh, great. Well, that makes it way better. Much then, better. Yeah. They got a little Venezuelan okay. influence before heading <laughs> to our border. And now they're living under a bridge in uh, Texas. A beautiful so bridge. A beautiful a bridge. Beautiful oh, you bridge. don't know. It's Property at that underneath that bridge? Oh. It's worth goes, dollars. Oh, my god. Almost. It's, it's really, almost worth dollars. It's hard to get. It's hard to get property there, especially <laughs> especially this time of year. Yeah, very no, hard to very get property hard. there. And they said they did say that many of them were leaving and crossing the Rio Grande back into Mexico oh, to get sure, food. Oh sure, sure, sure. Oh yeah, going back would, and forth. And then they would just come back across. It's like yeah, I don't, maybe maybe if they leave, we don't let them cross again. Yeah. I mean, we know where they are. Well, I've seen maybe a just an idea. Maybe when they leave, it's like a concert. No re-entry. You gotta have a stamp to get back in <laughs> on your hand. Did you see the video uh, with the Haitians running up? The wait, wait. Before we get to that, may I just ask, 
Do you think that there were any Haitians that may have been living in like Panama? That once they said they were going back to Haiti, everybody on the plane, they were like, no, 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 guys, we're going back to Panama. <laughs> Go going back, back to Panama. Panama. <laughs> I mean, there had to be a lot that were like, I don't want to go to Haiti. No, 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 no. You don't know what Haiti's like. <laughs> I lived there for a while. We, we don't want to mm. go back. No. Uh, there's so many of them. Running up, there's there's a video of, of a bunch of Haitians crossing the Rio Grande and border patrol agents on horseback trying to stop them. And there's just so many of them that compared to the border agents that there's they just overwhelm the system and there's no way you can stop. Wow, overwhelm the system. That's the other plan that Mm -hmm. I've heard before. Where did I hear Mm. overwhelm the system? Doesn't sound familiar. Uh, That's weird. And Mm. I have to I have to thank uh, the great governor of our state for putting every state. I I I was driving just to the grocery store at 170 miles an hour. Because there ain't a cop anywhere to be found <laughs> on the highways of Texas. Because they're all down on the border. I don't know if you saw those those oh, yeah. pictures. Lined. But they it was the state that protected our nation, not the U.S. government. Because they won't do it. They won't do it. And so it was the state. Yes, you're welcome, America. Our tax dollars went to protect all of America, not just our state. It's insane what's going on. Welcome back to Inside Four Walls. I'm your host, James Madison, and this is very much a red flag, all alarms going off story. This is something that's probably not going to get reported or touched upon in most media outlets. This could easily be that thing that a bunch of things are being used right now to distract you from going forward. <sighs> and there's a few angles to this story that I want to address. This might be a longer episode, but it's worth sitting through. Let's go right here and start it off without any hesitation. Forbes. Extremely dangerous risk as fighters in Sudan occupy lab holding measles and polio samples. World Health Organization warns now the WHO is very much in league with the World Economic Forum and that is very important when people like Bill Gates come into play later on. By, uh, shit. Salitia Ray, moving forward. April 25th, 2023. This is an updated story, and there is also an archived version of this article. So it will, you know, in case it does get taken down, there will be a forever version of it you can go look at anytime in the description below. We have one, two, three, four. Four things to look at today after this article. Let's get right into it. Updated April 25th at 11.10 a.m. Top line, a representative from the World Health Organization Tuesday warned that the uh, presence of fighters in a health lab, health lab, ooh, in Sudan could pose a major biological risk amid fears that an ongoing power struggle between the country's army and main parliamentary forces could spiral into a deadly civil war. Yeah, when you say health lab, they mean bio-research facility how long do you think this evolves into a gain of function situation you want to bet i mean right now i'm just working with what we have right now but i'm just kind of looking forward we have an election coming up biden's running for president and now all of a sudden a bio lab has a major possible leak coming out of it what you don't say on top of that you have the world economic forum talking about there could easily be a new pandemic that could take the globe that would make COVID seem minuscule, a inconvenience on the road to our goals. And we're going to make a Schwab impression. 
key facts. Nina Sadid Abid, the WHO representative in Sudan, told reporters that some fighters have occupied the National Public Health Laboratory, which holds samples of various pathogens, including measles and polio, in the capital city of Katram. Katram. The let me make sure I'm saying that right. In the capital city of Khartoum, the AFP reported, calling it a, quote, extremely, extremely dangerous situation, a bid warned. There is a huge biological risk associated with the occupation. Technicians at the lab were kicked out by occupying forces, a bid noted, adding that the building is that the building also contains blood samples, Reuters reported. The WHO representatives expressed concern that the technicians don't have access, pardon me, to go back into the lab and safely remove the dangerous biological material. It is, un- it is unclear if the occupying fighters belong to the Sudanese Armed Forces or rival Rapid Support Force RSF. RSF. I said RSV. I'm like, that'd be kind of ironic. The RSV forces fucking with viruses. That's (laughs) a parliamentary group. What to watch for. The two warning, the two warring factions have agreed to a third party ceasefire, which has enabled various foreign governments to evacuate their citizens from the country. The ceasefire was reportedly brokered by the U.S. and Saudi Arabia Secretary of Defense Anthony Blinken said the U.S. will work with its partners and the Sudanese civilian officials to (laughs) implement a long-term peace agreement bullshit. And we'll get into why that's bullshit soon, too. It did not need to be this way. And the plan in which he's working off of is a gutted, twisted, swamped-up version of an Abraham Accords agreement. The key background... The ongoing clash in Sudan invokes two of the country's most powerful armed groups. The army led by General Abdel Fattah el-Burnan and the RSF parliamentary force led by General Mohamed Hamdan Diago. The two leaders draw, uh, draw their support from tens of thousands of armed personnel and worked together in 2021 to carry out a military coup to seize power in the lead-up to the ongoing conflict. A coup we helped, by the way. Never forget that any coup in countries like this, America is inevitably in the background somewhere. In the lead-up to the ongoing conflict, both leaders have agreed to allow a transition back to democracy, working with the Sudanese various politician political parties. However, the proposed integration of the RSF into the Sudanese armed forces and the hierarchy of the military emerged as a key sticking point between Buran and Dagalgo. Uh, Dagalgo also tried to present himself as a pro-democracy figure, but concerns have been raised about his about his and his militia's alleged links to Russian mercenary group Wagner, which is accused of committing several atrocities and is actively involved in Russia's ongoing invasion of Ukraine last week. Mind you, Ukraine was full of American-ran biolabs as well, and we still don't know what was fully in there. But moving on. Several atrocities, Russia's ongoing invasion of Ukraine... Last week, the RSF was accused of firing at a U.S. diplomatic convoy. Insane. Now, what does all this mean? Let's 
break it down real quick. There are two warring factions, and one of them is currently occupying a bio-research facility owned and operated by the U.S. federal government, which has measles and polio samples in it, live measles and polio samples in it. Now, in this country, we do... Um, we already have some level of natural immunity from polio uh, and measles, but we don't know what kind these are. Have they been genetically modified? We have no information about what's in these vials. This is a uh, evolving story. Now, the conflict in Sudan has been going on for about two and a half years. And both sides are like, we are the good and just side. We want to help and work with America. And America's working with both sides as well. We're arming them and, and we, you know, we're poking and picking and prodding along both sides to fight and gut each other. But the problem with all this is what's going to happen now? They fight, someone breaks a vial, and polio or measles or both break out in a country that's not inoculated against it. Or a country that, I mean natural inoculation, I'm more and more skeptical of vaccines by the day. We're just COVID-19s. Now it's like all of them in general. Oh, well, I'm still getting my tetanus one, at least. I'm already slightly autistic. What difference does it make at this point? At least my heart's going to be okay. Now, with this potential outbreak, sorry for the pause. I had to adjust my headphones. With the potential outbreak, you could see both factions die from illnesses, I guess, the silver line, but there's going to be a massive potential outbreak, and this could spread globally. And a lot of these more Middle Eastern countries do not have a lot of the developed medicine that we have here in the West that we take for granted every day. This could have catastrophic consequences on the globe. But we're going to talk more about this too. Now, but that, that, that peace agreement with Blinken... That Blinken's taking all the credit for. That's not his original plan. We're going to hop over here to the post-millennial. Trump. Sudan joins peace accords with Israel and five additional countries to join soon. October 23rd, 2020. The announcement comes as Sudan seeks to improve its relationship with the United States. By Noah David Alter. Uh, yep, Alter. October 23rd, 2020. Yeah. President Donald Trump announced on Friday that the Su that Sudan and Israel have agreed to normalize ties. According to White House Deputy Press Secretary Judd Deere, it will be the first time in two centuries have had diplomatic relationships. Trump additionally announced that five other countries are seeking to join the historic peace deals soon. This would have been brought this would have brought peace to the Middle East. Even had Taliban and ISIS original, different, like different factions of ISIS, not the whole thing. But anyway, there were terrorist cells agreeing to sign on to these peace deals. And it would have gotten America like all out of the Middle East, other than like in Israel where, I don't know, I guess they own us or something. I, I, I missed the memo as to where the constitution or where public support for just fucking being pimped out by Israel came into play. But, you know, it is, it is what it is, unfortunately. I'm on the uh, defund Israel crowd, but I'm in, on the defund all countries crowd. Anyway, move on. Uh, ties to other countries seeking to start peace so soon. Breaking president at real Donald Trump has announced this, uh, that Sudan and Israel have agreed to norm, uh, normalization of relations. Another major step towards building peace in the Middle East with another nation with another nation joining the Abraham Accords. The announcement comes as Sudan seeks to improve his relationship with the United States, which has been fraught over 
fraught, uh, fraught ever since President Trump subjected Sudan, along with six other countries, to a travel ban shortly after he assumed office in 2017, along with recognition of Israel, the Sudanese government has agreed to pay $335 million to the United States in compensation for victims of terrorism. The White House says that this achieves, quote, the resolution of the long-standing claims of victims of the East African Embassy bombings, the, the attack on the USS Cole, and the murder of USAID employee John Greenville. In return, Sudan is likely to receive debt relief from the United States, access to American foreign aid, and American trade delegations. Sudan will also likely be removed from Trump's travel ban and will be removed from the list of state sponsors of terror, according to the Secretary of State Mike Pompeo. American and Israeli officials made a, secret, uh, made a, sec, a secret trip to Sudan on Wednesday to discuss the prospects of normalization. Multiple outlets have reported while no details of the trips were released publicly, it apparently included top aides to both Israel Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu and President Trump. This historic deal marks a stunning reversal from uh, the three no's proclaimed in the infamous Khartoum Resolution of 1967 named after captain, the captain of the Sudan, Sudan in which the talks uh, leading to the resolution took place. The resolution declared that there will be, quote, no peace with Israel, no recognition of Israel, and no negotiations with Israel. The deal is the third of a series of peace agreements signed between Israel and Arab states in the past few months. Israel signed a peace agreement with Gulf Kingdoms of Bahrain, Bahrain and United Arab Emirates in September at the White House in an agreement dubbed the Abraham Accord. It marked the first peace deals between Israel and Arab states since 1994 when Israel and Jordan signed the peace treaty with support of the then President Bill Clinton. Mind you, Donald Trump also ended the proxy wars going on in Jordan too. Now, the civil war is going on there, but that's that's a that's an issue that they have, they have to do. It's one of the few civil wars we didn't really have much to do with. So, you know, we can't really do much to help with that. President Trump took to Twitter to celebrate the announcement, describing it as, quote, huge win for the United States and for peace in the world. Huge win for the United States and for peace in the world. Sudan has agreed to the peace normalization agreement with Israel, with the United Arab Emirates and Bahrain, or uh, sorry, Bahrain. That's three Arab countries to have done so in only a matter of weeks. More will follow. God, I wish. Everything kind of just imploded after this. In a joint statement between the United States, Sudan, and Israel, the Sudanese government was praised for their courage following decades of living under a brutal dictatorship. According to the statement, the United States and Israel will aid Sudan in, quote, strengthening their democracy, improving food security, countering terrorism and extremism, and tapping in to their economic potential. Multiple sources are also reporting that President Trump has said that five additional countries, including Saudi Arabia, are seeking to join the peace deal. The deal is also a major victory for Prime Minister Netanyahu, who 
has sought to establish relationships with many of Israel's Arab neighbors. As the Middle East geopolitics continue to shift, having made little progress with Palestine, well, of course there wasn't going to be much pal- uh, progress made with, with Palestinians, and facing an aggressive and expansionist, uh, expansionist, God, I don't know why I was struggling with that word so hard, Iran, normalization of relations with Arab states has been a priority for ensuring Israel's regional security. No date has been officially provided for when diplomatic relations will be established. Well, as of right now, never, because of the bullshit pulled by Joe Biden. But that's just to address where the, the, the peace deals that Blinken's taking credit for came from. That failed. No, 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 no. He's trying to take credit for this and this going through the roof. Now, I talked about Bill Gates. And the World Economic Forum has talked about a potential another outbreak. It was one of the big talking points of the last Davos meeting. So let's hop over here to an article we've covered in depth. I'll leave a link to it in the description below. Bill Gates warns of smallpox terror attacks as he seeks research funds. Yeah, he was begging the U.S. government to fund him to make and develop smallpox vaccines. And hoping the government would pay in to have them rolled out similar to how the COVID vaccinations were being handed out at the time of this article being written in November of 2021. But that didn't work out. And everyone was like, smallpox? That's interesting, Bill. I mean, I, we, we don't really see smallpox. As far as we know, it's kind of extinct, right? Like, like what's the concern here? Well, as you... As it just happens to, to, to have, you know, there's this pharmaceutical company called Merck that Bill Gates is basically the head of the board as the largest stakeholder. And what vials labeled smallpox found at Merck facility outside Philadelphia? November 18th, 2021. November 18th, 2021. November 9th, 2021. And then just about exactly nine days later on the 18th at a pharmaceutical company owned by by Bill Gates, as a, like the largest shareholder, just happens to have this. So the story behind this one is: there's a guy cleaning the freezers on the night shift. No one's supposed to be in the building. He goes on lunch break, is gone for 45 minutes, comes back, and all of a sudden there's this new pallet just sitting there, all in the freezer, delivered out of nowhere. His shit was moved to put it down. He was so confused, so he looks at it, and it's vials marked smallpox, live, many millions of live smallpox samples, just right there in every jar there was thousands of vials but every vial had millions of samples in it oh and then what's this with new commitment gates foundation joins call to help end polio i will leave a link to all these in the description below so you mean to tell me you mean to tell me that polio something the World Economic Forum and World Economic Forum alumni Bill Gates has warned about and also smallpox just happened to be here. Measles. Wow. You don't fucking say. Uh, surely a coinky goddamn dinky if I've ever fucking heard of one. Folks, what the hell was that? Anyway, I'm gonna go. I just had a big bang downstairs, so I'm probably gonna get shot by the feds for reporting this. Keep this in mind, folks. This is probably one of the stories that's going to be buried and suppressed, and we will keep bringing it to you here on Inside Four Walls with me, your host, James Madison, powered and protected by Sin Media. All right, guys, keep an eye out there, 
and I'll be coming to you with more stories. The next one. Oh, fuck. There is something going on down. There is something going on downstairs. Now I really go check it out. Because I was joking before, but now I'm like, oh, oh. I'm hearing a lot of noises downstairs. But the dog's not barking, so it's probably just the dog getting into something. And I'm probably going to be very mad at a very old pit bull here very shortly. That being said, uh, the next uh, episode coming out today, uh, the next three, if I can get them done in time, will be just letting you know preview uh anheuser bush update uh a tucker update well fox news update specifically and we'll be talking about another journalist another establishment mouthpiece that has been kicked out of the news world interesting developments that being said this has been inside four walls i'm here james madison and i shall talk to y'all later deuce Welcome back to Inside Four Walls. I'm your host, James Madison, and this counts as a Urban Decay ep- uh, episode, I guess. From my glasses. Florida man charged with... Demonic. Murder of Uber Eats driver who was dismembered after delivering food. Now, look, this isn't political. This isn't anything to whatever. So I'm just going to go with an article choice of preference. But in the efforts of full transparency, because I don't want anyone to sit here and be like, well, you did. No, I'm going to go with the gateway pundit here. They tend to tap on a lot of actual stuff that I like. They get a lot of stuff wrong, absolutely. But you know what? At the same time, does, does anyone care about this topic? This is kind of just like a, whoa, this is fucked up and morbidly interesting kind of an episode. Let's get into it. This is the monarch. Ah, God. Eh, no warm-up for that one. Oh, well. Convicted felon affiliated with MS-13 gang members dismember Florida Uber Eats driver while making delivery. Oh, this is scary because I do the Uber Eats thing occasionally. Yikes. By Christina Layla. April 25th. Let's continue on, shall we? A convicted felon affiliated with MS-13, a street gang formed by Salvadorian immigrants, murdered and dismembered a Florida Uber Eats driver while he was making a delivery last week. Pasco County Sheriff Chris Noco on Tuesday said the remains of the delivery delivery driver were found in trash bags inside of the MS-13 gang member's home. Quote, this is demonic. Noko said during a press conference on Tuesday, quote, What he did was demonic, but at the same time, we couldn't answer the question why. Yeah, I mean, sometimes there's just not an actual answer why. People are just kind of fucked up, and I mean, let's let's examine the... God, this guy looks like a, like a co-worker I used to have. We went on a really bad path. I feel really fucking bad for this poor bastard right here. I, I kind of want to know what happened, though. I wonder how he knew he was gang-affiliated. Moving on. According to reports, the Uber driver, Randall Coke, 59, man, rest in peace. That's that's tragic. Was last heard at 6.30 p.m. on uh, on April 19th after he told his wife he was making his last delivery for the evening. That's ominous. Kook, or Coke, was reported missing. After he stopped responding to his wife's text messages, Uber Eats gave Detective Coke's 
last delivery location, which led them to a house on Mug Road. Or Moog Road. According to WFLA, 30-year-old Oscar Aiden, Adrian Solis. Solis, Solis. A convicted felon affiliated with MS-13 gang uh, occupied the home where Coke was last seen on surveillance video. The morning on April 20th, Solis was caught on surveillance video carrying around trash bags. That is fucked up, dude. That is some Tarantino shit. God damn. For once, my intro music being a nod to some Tarantino shit is justified. Quote, an arrest affidavit states, one of the men appeared to be dragging a heavy bag across the ground as he walked, WFLA reported. Sheriff Noko said Coke's remains were found in the trash bags. Oh, man. That smell by now? God damn. The sheriff said Solis was a, quote, very violent individual who moved to Florida this year after being released on parole from a prison in Indiana. WFLA reported a man affiliated with MS-13 gang caused the murder of an Uber Eats driver who was delivering to his house in Holiday. Holiday was the place. Uber Eats provided detectives with Coke's last known location, a house in 3400 uh, block of Moog Road. The sheriff's office said one of the occupants of the house was Oscar Adrian Solis, 30 years old, a convicted felon with ties at the MS-13 gang. Deputies obtained home security footage from Solis's roommate, which that roommate's fucked. He better run which showed the driver walking up to the home. The motion-detecting camera abruptly went dark just moments later at 6.45 p.m. according to the Pasco County Sheriff's Office. The next morning, Solis was reportedly caught on camera walking around the house with another man. both carrying trash bags an arrest affidavit states one of the men appeared to be dragging a heavy bag across the ground as he walked noko said quote several bags were found to contain the remains of the missing delivery driver an arrest affidavit indicates solace roommate heard loud noises coming from his room at approximately 2 a.m. Solis was later seen with small cuts on his hands and arms, according to the detectives of defensive, uh, defensive injuries. In the days, or, well, you know, the, per- the, the driver was defending himself. In the days that followed, the detectives uh, sourced the neighborhood for evidence. To build their case against Solis, blood was found in several areas of the home, according to the arrest report. Coke's car was later found abandoned about about 0.3 miles away, so that's not very far. It was like a half a block of that. Away from the home, with, quote, blood-soaked rags and paper towels along a red door dash bag, similar to the one Coke was carrying and observing. Similar, you mean the one... Ooh, this is rough. Detective also said they found a they found a time card with Solis's name on it in the trunk of Coke's car, and how'd that get there? Got a little video here. 
You know what? Actually, what I'm going to do, since this is a whole-ass press conference, I am going to actually just end this episode here. Let's look see if there's any comments. Lander Garland. At no time in history has America been such a disaster. Nancy Thomas, this really is a low point of this country. We controlled the Bolshevik filth. Uh, filth. Four horsemen, the only thing necessary for the triumph of evil is for good men to do nothing. Edmund Burke. The public is being conditioned. This video is from 1984 and explains how it came to be. There's a full interview with, yes, the demoralized interview. Yes, it's on this channel too. Yuri Bezmanov on YouTube. The interview below is short, quote, ideological subversion, Yuri Bezmanov, full interview, 1984, KGB defector, Russia, Ohio train chemical. Uh, moving on. It's good. It's a good interview. It's on this channel. You can go find it. That being said, I'm going to wrap this disturbing episode up here. God damn. Let me know what you guys think below. What should be done about the situation? How should the police go about the situation? And what ruling do you hope? And what ruling do you actually expect to see in this situation? That being said, this has been Inside Four Walls, and I shall catch you guys later. Deuce. Oh, by the way, remember, tip your DoorDash driver. Hi! Welcome to YouTube. Thanks, it's great to be here. I'm just gonna upload my video right now. Uh, let me see it first. Oh, wow. No, you can't post that. Why not? I don't agree with that. Nope. Okay, I'm sorry. What are you doing? I'm uploading my video. Alright, that's a warning, pal. Dude, you need to relax. Flag! What? Okay, you wanna get crazy? Boom! Boom! Double flag! There goes your video! Did you just cancel me? Alright, I'm gonna be leaving now. Where are you going? To a place where I can't get canceled and they celebrate free speech. <laughs> uh, but in fantasy land. It's not fantasy land, it's called Rumble. Later, pal. Did you need these back? Uh, yeah, I'm gonna need those for the next person. Got you. Good luck, buddy. Thanks.